I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's up? This is Rad with Software Radio. I just want to talk to you a little bit about checking in on your mental health your neighbor, your friends, maybe even the local stranger, okay? Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're fighting some personal battles. That's okay. I want to let you know about the team at Stop Soldier Suicide, who was built to serve veterans and service members just like you. Founded by veterans, led by veterans, and serving veterans nationwide. Whatever battles you face, alcohol, addiction, relationship conflicts, Stop Soldier Suicide has your back with free one-on-one support. Even the toughest among us sometimes need help. 
active duty, and veterans should visit stopsoldiersuicide.org forward slash get dash help. That's stopsoldiersuicide.org forward slash get dash help to get connected with a licensed professional. No stigma, no insurance, no government, DOD, or VA affiliation, no fees, red tape, or long waits. Just 100% confidential care by real people who know what you've experienced. You don't have to go it alone. Visit stopsoldiersuicide.org forward slash get dash help or call 844-272-8522, 24 hours a day. Let me tell you that number one more time. 844-272-8522, 24 hours a day. Stop suicide. Hey, what's up? Welcome to this edition of Soft Rep Radio. I am your host, Rad, and I have a very special guest who is joining me today, and that is Jason Van Camp, former United States Special Forces, I believe it's the 10th Group Detachment Commander at one point in your career, also West Point football alumni. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that correct so far? You're getting close, man. So I'm a Green Beret. That's true. I was in 10th Group. That's true. And I am a West Point graduate. That's true. And I played football at West Point. True. Yeah. So, so far, so good. <laughs> you got <laughs> and, it. And right. uh, I'm really honored to have you on the show today. Now, Jason, I just want to kind of dive into some of the things that you're all about and let our listeners in on it, you know? So you're also an author. So you've written yeah. a book called Deliberate Discomfort, and I've been seeing it all over the place on, on my feed as I follow Deliberate Discomfort and the Mission 6-0 on Facebook, and I see all these challenges that folks are putting themselves into because of you and helping them to pull it out of themselves. So tell me about Deliberate, tell us about Deliberate Discomfort. Oh, I'd be my honor. And Rad, you and I go way back, man. So you know my mindset. It's about doing hard things. It's about choosing hard before hard chooses you you know, and it's sort of counterintuitive that you have to place yourself in, in the position of doing hard things in order to make life comfortable for yourself. But that's, that's life. That's the way that it is. That's, that's how it works, you know? And so yeah. I wrote a book called Deliberate Discomfort, how U.S. Special Operations Forces overcome fear and dare to win by getting comfortable being uncomfortable. You can see it over here, right here, where my thumb is pointing, a book on my bookshelf. And you can obviously see the the amazing you know, American flag behind me oh, as well. So I've got dad behind me right here with his beret right there. So, you know, oh, I love it, man. Good I company right it. there. Good company. Good company. And as listeners know, Rad's dad was a green beret too. So, so we're correct. in good company. Yeah. So I wrote the book in 2020. So it published literally days before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. So it was, uh, it was a book that was very relevant at the time because we had placed ourselves intentionally, deliberately in an uncomfortable position with that whole situation. But for many of us, life was better as a result of that. Businesses thrived. Not all of them, but some of them thrived. The relationships got stronger. We became stronger individuals, became more self-reliant, things like that. So I started this company called Mission Six Zero, And I always knew that in order for Mission Six Zero to thrive, I needed to have curriculum. I needed to write a book. And so for many years, I had thought about what I would write if I were ever to write a book and, and about my experiences, not just in the military, but the amazing people I've met in my career. And then also the businesses that we've helped at Mission Six Zero. So our clients, sure. and we have many clients in the NFL and professional sports teams as well, and corporate clients and so forth. And so um, 
I kind of slow played it. I didn't want to rush to failure. I, for years and years, collected stories and things like that. And then I finally put it to paper. And essentially what it is, it's a, it's a leadership book. And it talks about my personal experiences right after I joined, right after I earned my Green Beret and I reported to my unit for the first time. And I meet my company commander in chapter one. And essentially what happens is my commander says, Jason, I'm going to assign you to a team. You're going to command this team. You're going to command this team in combat. It's going to be a stressful situation. In order for you to not only survive, but thrive, these are the things that I need you to learn and internalize. And in order for you to do that, there are people in this company that I would call heroes that I want you to meet with and learn about them and ask them questions because I want you to adopt a similar mindset if you're going to succeed as a commander. And so every chapter in the book, I meet somebody new and we have a conversation about their experiences in life, in combat, that sort of thing, why they are the people that they are. And then I break that down scientifically. So an amazing member of my Mission 60 team, one of our scientists, they break it down, the theme of that chapter into a so what and a now what. So it's relevant for you. So it's not just an inspiring story. It's something you can take with you mm-hmm. moving forward and use it, apply it to your life. And then the third section of each chapter is a practical application. So it's saying, hey, listen, we're not just talking about this. We actually did this. And we did this with this client, New York Jets or Minnesota Vikings or Oakland Raiders or you know, Seattle Mariners or whoever. This is what they experienced. This is what they learned. And this is what went well and what didn't go well, you know? So really proud of the book. It's, uh, you get it on Amazon right now. I think, I'm not sure how many reviews or five stars or whatever, but I I think we're at like 4.8 stars. I think we have about 500 or so reviews. So, you know, I'd say if you want to review it, read it, you know, just get in it, read it and uh, write your own review about it. Right. As long as it's a good review. I don't want to hear long as it's a good review. bad reviews. Yeah. An honest review, right? Sometimes people have a honest hard time review, with yes. reading comprehension. You know, you got to think like some people probably struggled in the third grade and they got to, that would put them in a deliberate discomfort to have to read a book like of such thickness or, or whatever the case <laughs> may be. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about being deliberately discomfort, maybe on, uh, so you're airborne, right? So airborne is jumping out of airplanes and uh, being ready yeah. to deploy on as moment's notice. So you're airborne, being a Green Beret, and uh, I love to ask my airborne guests, have you had any crazy, you know, oh no, how am I going to get out of this situation? My my lines are all tangled up or anybody on the plane. Have you ever had a shuffle up an oh no moment? I have. So let me take a step back. So <laughs> I always stopped my entire life. I said, you know, jumping out of a plane would be the coolest thing ever. And then I finally did it and it surpassed all my expectations. It was even cooler than I thought. It was awesome. And I loved it. Every time I jump out of a plane, there's always a feeling of you're very nervous. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. But as soon as that parachute opens, you feel great. They're like, this is easy, you know? And then there's a little bit of tension right before you're about to land, but then it usually works out um, <laughs> for that. I never got the opportunity to be halo. I always wanted to be, I tried really hard to get on a halo team. So high altitude, low opening. I was able to get hey ho qualified, so high altitude, high opening. So we did some uh, when I was on my team as a commander. We did some experimental parachute testing in Eloy, Arizona, and did that hey ho jumps. So it was it was a lot of fun down there. And one of our jumps in hey ho training, you start out slick. So basically, it's just you and the parachute, and then you add like 
a rucksack and then you had a rucksack and a weapon and then you had some more equipment and then you do it at daytime you do it at night these are progressive over jumps so yeah you progress each jump starts out in baby steps it's a baby step exactly yes and you okay. learn to pack your own shoot and you're you know one thing after the next and so the first time that we jumped with equipment you have the equipment your rucksack basically hanging down between your legs so you're kind of shuffling like a crab outside the door and <laughs> yeah. you have your weapon basically tied to your arm, you know, in a way where it doesn't restrict you from moving, but it, it's secure, you know, so you can pull it out, pull your weapon out if it needs to be and so forth. So we jump and all of a sudden things are kind of weird, you know, parachute canopy deploys, but not all the way. And I look and things are going fast, but in your mind, it's like kind of going slow, you know? Right. The cords on the canopy had somehow wrapped around the buttstock of my weapon, which was sort of attached to my left arm. And all of a sudden, it was sort of like a pendulum, and I, and I started oscillating, and I started moving in circles. And at first, it was slow, and I started going faster and faster and faster. And you know what goes through your mind is like, oh, damn, I can't believe this is happening. And then you think, well, is somebody going to come and help me out? And you realize like, nope, nobody's going to come help me out. Like, I got to figure this out on my own. And so like, all right. So I tried pulling them, pulling the cords off the the buttstock. And they were wrapped around a few times. And it's probably tight in the tension. You're like, your weight against the chute. And it's probably tight around that stock. I'll bet you. Oh, bro. So tight. So tight. So tight. And I I couldn't budget. And, you know, I was like, all right, what am I supposed to do? Think. It's like, all right, get rid of the main parachute and deploy your reserve parachute. And I'm like, I'm still tied to the butt stock of my weapon. If I let go of the main parachute, it might be even worse because it would still be stuck on my weapon and I don't know what's going to happen. And then, you know, I'm spinning faster and faster and faster. And honestly, like in my mind, I, I was starting to like lose consciousness and we were going so fast. I was like, vertigo oh, man, and everything not good. probably. Yeah, dude. I started to panic just a little bit. I was like, oh, this is really not good. And so I said, oh, I have my knife. And I pulled my knife out of my pocket. And in my mind, this is like going on for minutes. But in reality, as I, you know, in hindsight, I look back on it. This is probably like 15 seconds of me like right. making decisions, you know? So I pull out my knife and I'm starting to cut the cords. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, what if I, you know, I'm thinking like, what if I start falling and I can't, <laughs> I start spinning around. I can't grab my reserve. I'm like, maybe that's not a good idea. So I put my knife down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it one, one more chance. And all during this time, for whatever reason, if you've been on a team, you know, like how much shit talk there is, you know, any little thing that happens, your guys are going to make fun of you or give you a hard time. So in my mind, the one thing I was concerned about, not so much my life, but like, oh man, nicknames. the guys are going to give me such a hard time for this. Like they're going to be laughing at me. Like I'm never going to live this down. You know, it had nothing to do with me. It wasn't my fault that the parachute right. didn't deploy correctly, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to give it one last chance. So I kind of prop up a little bit and I just start pulling and pulling and pulling and like just adrenaline. I was able to like pull the cords off of my buttstock and the parachute popped open and it just spun around like a million times, like, like I just untangled itself and it was deployed completely where I didn't have to pull my reserve just maybe 1500 feet off the ground. And I was way off target. I was nowhere close to where we're supposed to land. And I landed in the desert. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Some Point Break stuff, bro. Like the movie Point Break, dude. It's like you're just falling to the earth, bro. All I did was a Reagan, Ronald Reagan mask on, man. I'm telling you right now. That's (laughs) all I'm thinking. It's just like, holy cow, Point Break. If you've seen that movie where they're just like, like rolling all over each other and just trying to figure life out in the middle of the air, dude. I can only imagine that's what you were doing. Bro, it was it was insane. I hit the ground and you know, like I got the parachute all picked up and it was just quiet. You know, like it was just like middle of nowhere desert, not a soul in sight, the wind's blowing. I'm like, this is surreal, you know? Yeah. I'm looking around. It's kind of a weird, like my I think my eyes were still whatever and and you know, my mind was in the right place. And so I picked up my radio and I called, I tried to radio my guys, you know, and my radio wasn't working. For some reason, it's kind of, of weird. So I had my cell phone. I pick up my cell phone. I, I start no bars on my cell phone, nothing. I'm like, this is weird. I look up in the sky and then there's a parachute, another parachute that's slowly falling down from the sky and it lands not too far from me. And then a thought comes to my mind. I'm like, am I dead? Like, did I die? Like, you know, oh. is that my parachute? Like my, yeah. my stuff isn't working. This is a weird feeling. The wind's blowing. And so I had that moment of like, is something weird going on here? You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I see my guys in a, in a truck rolling up and then there's like, oh, we thought you were going to die, man. You didn't open your chute. And I was like, you know, yeah, thank God I'm alive. And, yeah. um, and I was like, what's that shoot? And then they were like, well, uh, Scott behind you, he had a malfunction as well and he pulled away and that was his shoot. So that's what I saw. And so right. uh, that's a long story, man, but that's the only time I've ever had a parachute malfunction was, was during that experience in Arizona, but it was one that I remembered. That I remember that one for sure. Yeah. Cause 1500 feet. I mean, even for like a static line jump, that's kind of high. So you had like usually like 1200 feet for those to 500 foot for a static line. So Hey Ho is where, you're planning to open up at high altitude pretty much right when you jump out of the aircraft, right? And so that's right. And then you're gonna what like glide in maybe like 20, 30 miles. Is that how that yeah, you works? You sort of pilot you sort of pilot yourself in. So yeah, you have to kind of read the wind and you follow each other and, and especially it's hard at night, you know, but you kind of you're your own airplane in a way, and you kind of like just pull yourself into the target location. What's the highest you ever uh hayhoed from? Oh gosh, if I remember correctly, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think it was 12,000 because anything over 12,000, you need oxygen. Uh huh. And so I think we went 12,000 was the highest we've jumped out. I've never jumped with oxygen before as a lot of halo teams do. Mm-hmm. And again, I, one of my biggest regrets in the military is not being able to convince my, <laughs> my higher ups that, that I was, I was, I, I could go to to Halo school. It was sort of did not know you were master chief of the making, bro. You deserved Halo. <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, Rad, everybody at the time, I think it's Halo for everybody now. But at the time, everybody was trying to be Halo. Everybody was trying to gun for it. It was just sure. a very, very tough, tough to get. A nice that. little ribbon to have right here with like the little uh, wing and whatnot. The Halo. Oh, yeah. way cool ribbon, but not just that. It's just so cool to do, man. Just to have that skill set, you know. 
It's cool. You got any foreign airborne jumps like uh, with like the French? I never did that. I know there's some uh, a few opportunities to do that. I, I never did that. You never got that opportunity. Yeah. Now let me segue to your football. Uh, I find that to be the most cool part. You know, I grew up with a Green Beret, so I'm like, okay, cool, cool. But yeah, the way that you guys line up on that with your badges sewn onto your uniforms of like, I'm going to be an artillery commander or a ranger. You know, I mean. What's the process putting on that uniform when you're like, I'm really on West Point's team, girl. I'm, I love baseball. Like, I love sports, and I love that camaraderie. And I, What was that like? You had to have been like, I made it to the football field here. Oh, so, yes and no, I suppose. So there's a sign near – when I played, there was a sign near the locker room that said, <laughs> when you think you've arrived, you haven't. You never arrive. That was a big sign by the locker room. So it was kind of inspiring for the guys to just work hard every single day and don't get a big head, you know, don't get arrogant, don't don't think that you you've made it yet because you know, you've never made it, you know, that sort of mentality. It was a really hard really hard experience, you know. Um I think most anybody that's played college football, when you get recruited in high school, they recruit you as though you're you're the next big thing, you're a god and right. You show up and they have like, you know, for the official visit, they have your own personal locker and they have your jersey in the locker with your name on it, you know, and you're like, right. hey, you're going to be a starter from day That's one. That's what I'm saying. I can't wait you to get here. And you're like, oh man, this is awesome. You get excited. And then you show up <laughs> for the first day and like, who are you? What's your name again? Okay. You're like, you know, and then they throw all those guys in like the the annex locker room with all the 1950s lockers and, you know, your Jersey number is like 99, you know, whatever. And you're a receiver, you know, like that's kind of like, Oh shit, man. Like this is not good, but it's a good, it's good in a way because you have to work. You just, you're just like, listen, I can't worry about this stuff right now. Right. All I have to do is put my head down and put one foot in front of the other and work my ass off every single day. And eventually I'll get noticed. And eventually, you know, I'll, I'll be where I want to be. And that was really cool. There was a sign, another sign in the locker room. It said National Champions of Toughness. And when you first saw it, you're kind of like, man, I'm not sure how that sits with me because it's almost as though we're conceding that we're never going to be national champions at West Point. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to hear what you can't do. You know what right. I mean? Like you want to be like, there's a chance, there's a way. If we work our asses off and, and the sky's you know, the like, limit. Everything, yes. everything works out and like we get a couple lucky breaks, we could be national champions. And I think our coach at the time put it out there in that way. And I, and I think that was erroneous. I don't think he should have done it that way. But the way we looked at it, at that sign was, we are the toughest dudes on the planet. Like nobody is tougher than a West Point football player. Nobody in college football has to do the stuff that we have to do. You know, nobody has to fulfill all these other requirements that we have to do. Such a dedication you know, and- just to be at West Point with PT and another PT at probably football, <laughs> physical training. Well, like, you got it, man. Like it, it's not just for most guys. It's like, Hey, football, you go to, you go to classes. You don't have to go to classes. If you don't want to, you don't have to get grades. If you don't want to, you can go out on dates. If you want to, you can go right. hang out with your friends. You can go out, you can go drink, you can go have fun. None of that shit happens at West Point. You know what I mean? You can't do any of that stuff. You got to wake no. up, about, you know, four thirty in the morning, go to classes. You can't skip any classes. Can't miss one. You know, no. you got to go to mandatory lunch, mandatory meetings at, at lunch. And then right after your last class of the day, within seconds, you're on a bus being bussed up to the stadium where you practice for two and a half hours and then you get your workout in. And then if you're lucky, you'll get back 
down in time to get yelled at by some upperclassmen and then get, you know, whatever homework you have to get done before 11 o'clock lights out, turns up and this lights out and you do the whole thing over again. And so it's, you know, it's crazy to think back. This is, I did that, you know, as an 18 year old kid, 19 year old kid, that's crazy. You had some direction and some drive, dude. That's it. I mean, when I went in the military, I met a 17 year old and I was like, he's like, do you know why I joined? I'm all, why? To get a Lexus. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, how many 17-year-olds do you know driving around in Las Vegas with a two-door 1999 Lexus? I was like, I yeah. don't. He's like, exactly. I was like, what? Okay. I was like, I joined up. I don't care about college. I'm here for the flag. He's like, I just want to get a Lexus. I was like, Each his own, I suppose. Man. Determination, right? Yeah, you can shine some determination boots and drive. Did you have to shine boots when you went through? Did you ever shine oh, hell boots? Oh, yeah, I did. Are you kidding did. Me? Like, I see, here's the thing when I joined, when I was 18 and I went as a freshman, I wasn't very prepared. You know, first, the maturity level, as most 18 year olds, you know, I, I wasn't there yet. I wanted to have fun, you know, play pranks, you know, right. like that is kind of my mindset. Enjoy life, you know, get stories. And I never shined a boot in my life. I had no idea how to shine a boot. And I don't want to say I was alone. Like when I showed up at West Point, like first day, you have to shine boots. And they don't really show you how to do it. And so, you, and you're like, shit, am I alone? And you look around and there's like nine other football players. You're like, I don't know. How do you do that? You know, like, what how are we supposed to do? Yeah. And so you shine. It, it looks terrible. It looks like you like, you know, mushed a Hershey bar on the, right. on, the on the boot. And then it give you a hard time. And then eventually, eventually you get it right. You know, and cotton swabs, a little water, some circle motions, spitting on it, you know, like yeah. small little, you know, like that whole thing in circular, yeah. circular motion, yeah. you know, getting a, a lighter, you know, and doing all that stuff. And oh, so, yeah, that's you, a spoiled you know, way. Yeah, yeah. Your low quarters and your boots. And so, yeah. I don't know if they do that anymore at West Point because the uniforms have changed to like multi cams. So, like, and you just wear your desert boots, desert temperate. Yeah, they're like yeah. so desert. There's not really anybody. So, I think maybe with class A's, they probably have some shiny shoes but i bet they're pleather with windex <laughs> yeah kidding. so you can just go that route um <laughs> little windex but, on there wipe it off <laughs> but brother I, I can't i don't think i've shined a shoe since i was a senior in college man yeah i don't think i have so it wasn't like you know, a life skill that I've, I've taken with me you know what i mean yeah oh yeah no, so we had to do so my jungle boots, right? They could use a shine. I'm just showing my boot on here. Okay, it's right by uh, me. Yeah, those but there's nothing like going rough. to the Nordstroms here in Salt Lake and sitting down at the dude and saying, hey, do you think you can put a shine on my jungle boots? He looks at me like, I can. And they ask like six bucks. I give him a 20, dude. I'm like, my size 15s need to be polished. <laughs> yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So Jason, the West Point is, uh, sounds like a really awesome experience and one that you had to dedicate yourself to prior to getting there. Do you have a piece of advice that you would give a senior right now who is thinking that West Point is there? What do I need to get in? What's that maybe key, you know? Yeah. So for seniors right now that want to get into West Point, I mean, obviously it's very difficult. 
you know, and, and I can't tell you whether you're going to get in or, or you're not, but if you do get in, here's what I would do to prepare, you know, realize it's going to be hard, very hard. Yeah. Talk to as many graduates as you can to get a feel of their experiences, you know, and, and what they learned, lessons learned from, you know, four years of, of working hard and grinding. Right. I couldn't tell you what West Point's like now. I haven't been there in many, many years, but then if I were to talk to myself as an 18 year old, I would say, you know, here's what you're going to sacrifice. Here's what it's going to be like. Here's what you need to do to mentally prepare yourself. Here's the bugle notes that you need to memorize before you even show up. Here's how to shine a boot. Let's go mm-hmm. to the range and I'll show you how to fire a rifle. You know, here's a pop-up target. Here's how to shoot a pop-up target. And this is what they're looking for. Here's how to read a map. You know, here's a compass. Here's how you use a compass. Now, as far as classes go, I would say, you know, figure out the classes that you want to take right now. You know, what direction you want to go. And you can always change later if you don't want to do it. But I kind of felt pressured to go the engineering route. Like most of us have a minor in engineering at West Point or a track in engineering. And that just wasn't my thing. Like I'm not a math guy, more of a, you know, history guy, English guy, foreign language guy. Those are the things that really spark my interest that I, that I like doing. The classes that you may or may not be prepared for, don't be afraid or freak out, you know, the first day, you know, understand that you can get help by relying on the people in your class and then going to professors professors for additional instruction. Mm-hmm. First class I went to at West Point, you know, when, when classes started, 9 a.m. on a Monday was discrete dynamical systems. And I remember walking into that class, they handed out these HP calculators, these really nice ones. I've never even seen one before. I was just used to the the normal like calculator. Yeah. Like, okay. Take out your calculator, get it going. Here's what we're gonna do. Now here's the next, you know, algorithm. <laughs> and I'm I'm just like, oh, I don't even know how to open the calculator. Like how do I put it like, in there? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm like, oh my God, I'm waiting over my head. This is day one, the first 10 minutes of this class. I and it's a calculator. have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I can't even figure out the calculator. And so I started to panic, like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna and I looked around the room and certainly there's a few people, guys and girls, that are just like totally tracking and they're like, you know, five steps ahead of the professor. Of course. Then there are the guys that are just like looking at you like, holy shit, like, what are we going to, how are we going to get by? You're like, are you with me, man? Do you know how to work this calculator? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so like hang out with those guys and, and you know, yeah. support each other and you, you'll eventually figure it out if you just put one foot in front of the other every single day. Exactly. And uh, I get that. You know, my daughter, she's pretty smart, smarter at math than me. Just figured out that calculator, bro. I just was like, okay, you made an isosceles on the calculator. I know how to spell boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, so we're all a little good at something. That's what makes a team so dynamic is each person on that team brings together some smarts, you know, and then they make the, the manager look good, right? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. thank you for knowing how to turn the calculator on. I actually know how to sharpen the pencil, so I'll do that. <laughs> it's like, let's yep, get this yep, done. Yep. Now, I know the story a little bit, but I kind of want to let my listener know about how you were ditched trying to become SF by your battle buddy. Like, he was supposed to be there. What's that story? You were like, hey, you know, I think we're going to become Green Berets today. Can you elaborate on how you and your friend, feel free to call him out. 
Oh, yeah. So, and these are my good buddies. And uh, I don't know if they mind or not, but it's a true story. So it seems like in the military, the things, the high-level courses, you know, that I went to, I only did it because I was going to do it with a good friend of mine. You know, and they're the ones that had the idea and the passion to do it. Now I was just sort of like, I'll do it with you, you know, sort of thing. And so Ranger School, I know I had no desire to go to Ranger School, but my good buddy Andy wanted to go and we went to a Ranger School briefing and and uh, the next day we had our pre-Ranger PT. We started like 4 a.m. So you show up at this field and, and they're just going to smoke your bags for like two hours, just like destroy you. And so, you know, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get up for this. I'll do it with Andy, me and him. It'll be fun. And, you know, I'll get in good shape. And who knows, maybe I can become a ranger. So I show up. And there were like 100 other guys that showed up on the first day of ranger, pre-ranger PT. But none of them were named Andy Reese, you know. So he didn't show up. <laughs> and so I'm like by myself looking for Andy. Like, where's this guy at? And just get my, my bag smoked for two hours. And then I go back to the barracks. And he's still like, he's in his boxers, you know, he's like rubbing sleep from his eyes. Like, oh man, four o'clock came so early. I'm sorry, man. You know, and he kind of shuts the door and I'm just like, are you kidding me, man? Like, I, I can't quit now. Like I showed up for the first day I'm in this thing, you know? So I had to buy into it myself and, and Green Beret training was kind of the same thing. I just got off of a deployment, the initial invasion of Iraq. And uh, we were there for like a year or so. And it was around the time when uh, a lot of the uh, my classmates at West Point, they were thinking about getting out. We we're sort of getting close to our four or four or five year mark. Uh-huh. And people were thinking about like, this, I'm going to get out. This is what I'm going to do next. But if you were going to stay in, it was kind of like, all right, if I stay in, then it's almost as if you're committing to a career in the military or you're committing to, you know, at least something significant. Right. And my buddy, Jesse, he was kind of the same situation. Like, oh man, I want to go SF. Jay, you should do it with me, man. We'll be Green Berets. You know, it'll be awesome. We'll go through training together. And, and Jesse and I had gone to Ranger School together. And he's a total stud, total leader. And and he convinced me. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll go with Jesse. This will be fun. And I, over the course of a few months, I started in my mind, started like getting comfortable with the idea of of doing this, going to selection, going to the qualification course, becoming a Green Beret, doing things that Green Berets do. And so uh, getting ready to go to Camp McCall, which is at Fort Bragg, Jesse, uh, got arrested. And so he got arrested uh, <laughs> and he got in trouble with his unit. He got arrested for drinking, you know, and so he got his packet revoked oh. for uh, selection. And so just days before we we're supposed to go out. So I'm on a bus going to Camp McCall, essentially by myself, no Jesse. And I'm just like, what did I get myself into, man? Like, why am I doing this to myself? And, and while I'm here and I'm not going to quit, I'm going to give it the, my best shot. And as I went through the selection process, I loved it. Every second of it was awesome. And I was like, this is, these are my people. This is my thing. I, I think I found it. Yeah. And I went to the qualification course and uh, had a great time, learned a lot. And um, I'm glad I, I did it. I'm very glad I did it. I'm very glad that my friends convinced me to do it. What was your emotion when you got to put the Green Beret on for the first time? Like, did you finally realize that you had made it? <laughs> No, you know, that message from army football has been so ingrained in me. Like I never yeah. feel like I've made it like, like today is day 61 of the 60 day deliberate discomfort challenge. So it's a 60 day program that we have virtually and it's very difficult. And our class one, which started on January 3rd, finished on March 3rd. And yesterday was our last day. And so today was the first day I, I, I got to rest a little bit. 
And there's a feeling of accomplishment that I did this hard thing. I'm glad it's over. I'm very excited to have a cheat meal. I'm going out to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse tonight with my wife. Right. A tomahawk, you know, I'm really right. excited about that. But it's not as though like, okay, it's over now. Now I'm thinking about what's the next thing. And so for me, it's, I'm going to go train for an Ironman now. So I'm going to do an Ironman oh. race in Tulsa, Oklahoma in May. And so I feel good about the swimming and the running, but the bike I'm not feeling good about. So I have to really start focusing on the bike to get it going. So back to your question about, you know, like yeah. not feeling like I've arrived. When you don your Green Beret for the first time, you're in a formation. And you're in a formation with many of the people you started out with like two and a half years ago. So you recognize a lot of these folks and they say a few words, they raise the American flag and they, they do the Ballad of the Green Berets. And then they say, Don, your Don, your Green Beret. You have it in your right front pocket and you put it on. And for a lot of guys, they get really emotional. They cry, you know, they get, you know, pretty, they're very proud of themselves and what they've been able to accomplish. And, and so Sure. Forth. So a sense of overwhelming pride. Overwhelming pride. Yes. I, I, I'm not by nature an emotional guy. I'm just, just not, you know, like somebody asked me once, you know, have you ever seen your dad cry? And I thought back and I was like, you know what? I have seen my dad cry once, maybe once or twice. Uh, I remember when my dog died, he cried. But then I thought, what about my mom? And I thought to myself, you know what? I've never seen my mother cry ever, you know, and she died of lung cancer when I was young. She was diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer when she was 39 years old, which is a rough, um, rough card to be dealt, you know, but I think I I got a lot of that from my mother, you know, like I just don't get overly emotional with things like that. You know, when I donned my green beret, my feeling was it's about time. Like now we get to go to my team. Now I get to go to combat. Now I get to do some live a life of being a badass. You know what I mean? Like that's kind right. of the idea that I have. The song. Oh, the song The song is powerful. You know, that Ballad of the Green Beret, Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler, that's a phenomenal song. And that makes you feel proud, you know, of your accomplishments. But as anything in life, you know, you take a moment, you reflect, you're, 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 you feel happy. But then for me, it's always like, okay, what's the next set? What's the next rep? What's the next ex- right. exercise? What's the next goal, uh, ambition? You know, like let's let's move. What's on. the next step for me? Yeah, because you're just like, okay, now I've done this. Now I got to go to the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing, which is whatever that may be. You're just yeah. open to that challenge to just you know get at it, and that's yep. why you're where you're at today. I mean, honestly, we've known each other for years, and you know, you do so many things with the veteran community, like helping out F-14 pilots recover themselves from, you know, hardships. Mm -hmm. You've helped businesses by presenting them in front of like a waterfall of sharks, if you will, where you're like, okay, hey, this guy makes hand-forged knives out of leaf springs from, you know, 1942 Willie's Jeep that was in Omaha. I want that knife. And it's like, how can we get him to step up and take ownership of his company, you know, et cetera. And, and I've, I've been a part of that. And, and is that still mission six or is that warrior rising? Yeah. So great question. So mission six zero is my for-profit leadership development company. And we help corporate clients, professional sports clients become the best leaders that they can be. And so that's primarily uh, what deliberate discomfort is about. It's about being a better leader. And that's our curriculum, what we teach. So hopefully we'll have two NFL team clients this year. We're really excited about uh, many corporate clients. We have the Deliberate Discomfort Challenge. We're going to have 
or that we have right now, which is a 60-day challenge I, I talked about briefly earlier. Now, Warrior Rising is a nonprofit. It's a veteran service organization. It's a 501c3. I started that after Mission 6-0 due to the success of Mission 6-0. Right. And we help veterans and their immediate family members find their purpose again, post-military service. And we help them to do that by starting or accelerating their own businesses. So if you're a vet that has an idea for a business on the back of a napkin, or if you've had a business for 30 years and you just can't seem to you know, get to the next stage or break that ceiling, or you're somewhere in between, you know, come to Warrior Rising, warriorrising.org, and we'll help you out. And the process is, is very simple. You know, you apply online, you know, there's an intake video that you watch, you know, and it's interactive. So we ask you some questions. You get access to our app, you know, which is the Warrior Academy. And it's a 40 video curriculum. You go through that. While you're going through that, we have bi-monthly coaching sessions. So you can ask questions of our coaches and, you know, get personal feedback and so forth. And we select, this year, we're going to select 60 of our top entrepreneurs, and we're going to invite them to a business shower. And so a business shower is an opportunity for veterans to receive everything they possibly could need for starting or accelerating a business. Free custom business suit, free laptop computer, free website, free search engine optimization, free marketing video professionally done by Nick Palmashano. Probably accounting capabilities to help you you know, manage that. The whole uh, gambit you guys provide Anything to a veteran. Need, we've got it. Yes. Plus a grant. So we have a pitch competition and the winner will, will receive $20,000 and everybody else will receive a grant on, on some level. And we're going to do that in San Antonio this year, in Salt Lake City this year, and in New York this year. Oh, wow. All over. And so we're going to be in a, in a few places. So we're excited about that. That's real. And let's just say the name again. It's warriorrising.org, correct? Correct. Warriorrising.org. And then the other one, if you're a, you know, a business or you're a management team and you're trying to get your team to be, you know, reaching that next level to break through, that's mission six zero. Is that dot com or dot org? Dot com. So mission dot com. six zero dot com. And you can spell that in almost any way. I think we have all the domain names. It'll find down, it. But- yeah. Mission six zero. You know, those would be Great opportunity, especially if you're in the veteran community and you're like, hey, I'm out now and I need to acclimate to civilian life, but I have this idea. And maybe the idea came from when you were in the military and you always worked on, you know, say an aircraft carrier and you're always doing fuel. And you're like, if I had this little switch, this little switch that could go on this little thing that would just plug in, it would just fix this whole situation Well, you can, you know, create that, try to get that on the market and maybe get a government contract to pick it up to fix that problem. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can get to be an entrepreneur, a vetrepreneur in this life. You know, I'm one, Jason's one. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's like, just put your head down and grind, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's true. Cause I still don't think I've made it. I got a couple of retail stores. I've got some business, but I'm still like, there's more out there. I just got to yeah. keep trucking, bro. It's just never going to give it up. Not ever. <laughs> I love it. That's why you're special, brother. That's why you're special. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a part of, you know, 
the culture that you've bred for these uh, veteranpreneurs. Um, I just want to say that it has also been a positive influence on my life, Jason. You in my life has been positive. So, you know, deliberate di- discomfort, the book is something that we should all probably take a piece out of, right? Whether it's like, hey, you have to read every day. You have to work out maybe twice a day. Mm-hmm. You need to watch what you eat. Now you have like dietitians or meal personnel that help everybody through the process of deliberate discomfort. If someone commits, you're there to commit with them with deliberate discomfort. It's incredible. Listen, it works. And the testimonials are through the roof and it's hard, right? So oh, yeah, like Rad said, men and women, uh, we have men and women, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old. We've had some 80 year old people go through it. It doesn't matter if you're an amputee. We've had a triple amputee, Tommy Parker, go through it twice. You know, right. like you said, there's six domains and it's about finding that balance, becoming a total warrior, you know, becoming the best version of yourself. Mentally, you read a book from start to finish once a week. Physically, we give you two workouts. You don't create your own workout. We give you the workouts. You can't modify them, you know. Gotta um, do I mean, you can't substitute them, but you can modify them depending on kind of where you're at, you know. Gym-based workout every day and a cardio-based workout every day. We give you a nutrition plan. If you want a personal nutritionist, then we have that person on call and they'll develop a plan for you. That's a little bit of an upsell. If you want meals delivered to your door, we can do that too. That's an upsell as well. Okay, meals delivered. Yeah, that helps. That helps. And in this day and age, that's nice. It's like here oh, it all is for you. I'm telling you, like I've tried every diet there is. And the secret is this. You burn more calories than you take in. And you have to yeah. put the right stuff in your body. Right. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's body responds to different things. You know, I, for me, if I drink milk or have bread, like my body just stores it right in my spare tire immediately, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I have to stay away from that stuff. That's not for everybody. That's just for me. You know, socially, you have to reach out to a family member, a friend, a past friend, somebody you've had a falling out with and reconnect with them and have a meaningful conversation. Emotionally, we have a gratitude journal. Spiritually, we have a mindfulness breathing exercise that you do every single day and it like increases every day in time. So you get better as you go through it and it's absolutely life-changing. And then professionally, we have a a masterclass, 66 videos. You watch the video every day. That's about the people in Deliberate Discomfort and Mission Six Zero, veterans and scientists talking about a specific theme. And then you post something on social media that inspired you from the challenge that day. And that's the challenge. You do that for 60 straight days, no excuses, no mercy. And I think you'll find your happiness. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, proud of you for keeping uh, people positive. That's a really good thing out there, you know, especially in today's day and age. We just need a lot more positivity from the neighbors and saying hi to a stranger and just being, you know, hey, how you doing? Are you good? Are you good? (laughs) Just check. How you doing? You know, that's That's really nice. And uh, to have a focused 60 day course where you can just, you know, have the likes of yourself or, you know, any of the other cadre that you bring on, you know, I've watched some of the daily podcasts that you guys have done where you're you're all talking and saying, okay, where are you at right now on your deliberate discomfort challenge? So I just can't say enough nice things. And I just want the listeners off soft rep radio to know about deliberate discomfort, you know, led by Jason Van Camp, former Green Beret. That's what's up. Thanks, Rad. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. And so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and wind down our conversation. And if there's anything you want to mention, I'll give you this moment to go ahead and say anything you'd like to say about any books upcoming. I think you should be in movies like Thor's Thor. You should be Thor. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not Thor. Uh, although Chris Emworth is a hero of mine. If only I could look like that guy. Oh, bro. Um, I'll take Chris Evans too, man. That, that guy's a stud, man. I love the Captain America movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's he's fantastic. I am a big Marvel nerd. 
I'll admit it. I've been a Marvel nerd since I was two years old. I picked up my first comic book at 7-Eleven, you know? Uh-huh. So I've always been a big fan of that. But, you know, as far as closing off, if anybody's interested in becoming a better person, better leader, check out Deliberate Discomfort. You get it on Amazon and leave a review if you like it. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Mission Six Zero, if you're interested in joining us for the Deliberate Discomfort Challenge, we have a new challenge that begins uh, every week starting on March 14th. So we have robust class size for each class and it's fantastic. You know, there's also a buy one, get one free. So if you buy the challenge, you can get somebody, a friend, a family member, oh, a cool. girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever to join with you. And then Warrior Rising, if you're so inclined to have a soul enriching experience to really help a veteran out, because there's a lot of nonprofits out there, but for a lot of them, you don't know if you're actually helping the veteran. At Warrior Rising, you get to see where your time, talent, or treasure is going. You know, these are the veterans that we're helping. You know, you can select a veteran and say, I want to follow this person. That's cool too. Join us for a fundraising event or donate your time. You know, anything like that would be helpful. So if anybody's listening, mission60.com, warriorrising.org. And thanks so much, Rad, for having me on. I appreciate it. Humbled that you offered uh, me an opportunity to come on. So thank you again. You're welcome. And, and we'll have you on again, okay? So we'll just make you just a regular kind of guy every now and then that's on the on the show. And I really appreciate you, Jason. And we'll get more updates from you in the future. And we will say peace. Peace. See you, buddy. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.